Coming to you from deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, Before and After Ambient. Welcome to the Archive. This is Tom Holmes. Way back in 1985, John Cage said to me, I hear ambient sound as music. Looking back on that comment now, I more fully understand the context in which he meant that. At that time, the idea of music being called ambient was something new. Brian Eno, more or less, invented the modern usage of the term to characterize a fascinating stream of music and albums that he produced around blended, quiet tonality with a low-volume energy that sank into the background of wherever you were. The music was like a cloud and was somewhat formless, although harmonic, never based on an overarching musical structure that was primarily driven by rhythm or melody, but instead was an amorphous blend of agreeable sounds that really didn't compete for one's attention over whatever else was going on. Eno produced a series of six seminal albums that captured his idea. They were discrete music in 1975, before and after science in 1977, and then an avalanche of ambient-themed albums from 1979 and 1980 that were all part of what he called his ambient series, numbered one to four. The first was the Eno-only production of Ambient One, Music for Airports. And the other three were productions of other artists, including Harold Budd, John Hassel, and LaRaji. What each of these ambient recordings had in common, aside from Eno being the producer, was that they were constructed primarily by mixing and remixing tape loops. The recorded loops were the building blocks, or grammars, of this music. Building a composition on blocks of sound and textures remains a part of what we think of as ambient. Another aspect of ambient music is that it is often generative, meaning that once a process has been defined, for example, as the tape delay system used for discrete music, the music is self-generating. As Eno had said, the composer specifies a set of rules and then lets them make the thing. Generative music typically has a different outcome each time it is executed. The composer's role is to define the rules that create the music. We'll hear some more recent examples of generative ambient music in the second part of Before and After Ambient. What you are hearing right now in the background happens to be some generative ambient music created by a program developed by Eno and Peter Chilvers. In 2008, the two collaborated on 
Bloom, a generative music application for the Apple iPhone and later the iPad and then the MacBook Pro. The program can self-generate ambient-style soundscapes and the user may interact with it by touching the screen or fiddling with the cursor. Over the years, the term ambient music has often been conflated to mean many things. It is sometimes used synonymously with minimal music, but also music incorporating natural sounds from the environment, drone music, new age, electronic music composed of ambient sounds, as in music concrete, music made with tape delay, and any number of other elements. For my book, I defined ambient music as a musical style, often consisting of electronic textures dominated by sustained harmonies rather than beats, played quietly with a continuity of energy that conveys a suspension of tension. Rhythm and beats can be present, but they are generally part of the overall structure that holds a work together such as continuous lines of syncopated computer tones repeated in patterns, or a latent drumbeat without fills and accents that would otherwise break the calm. What I often find of ambient music is that it lacks a focus on melody, instead moving without moving, on the energy of chords, and a sense of underlying structure that does not require direction so much as an ecosystem of sound. This is a music where the arc of tension is mostly sustained throughout and sharp dissonant sounds or sudden changes in dynamics are disallowed. It is also music that blends into the environment in such a way that it can harmonize with human activity, sometimes without being noticed. Brian Eno explained his approach in a somewhat similar way. In 2017, he stated that, uh, quote, For me, the central idea was about music as a place you go to, not a narrative, not a sequence that has some sort of teleological direction to it. Verse, chorus, this, that, and the other. In my case, because of my musical tastes, it also meant quiet and mellow but it doesn't have to be that. 1982's On Land is an example of ambient music that isn't quiet and mellow. It's sinister and quite dark. But mostly people took the quiet and mellow bit, which for me was just a stylistic aspect of it, not the philosophical aspect. They took that as being what ambient music is, unquote. So if we consider Eno's work to be ground zero for ambient music, particularly the years 1975 to 1980, what music that came before that may have led to this idea? And what music that has come since carries on the original concept? In this and the next podcast, I will attempt to present recordings representing both of those points of view. I am calling this episode Before and After ambient. To capture that idea, we will hear only three works of Eno himself beginning about midway through this episode. In the next episode, we will trace some of the more recent examples of what could be called ambient music. The first part of this episode features forerunners of ambient music. The music is spare, often with repeated phrasings that are disassociated from melody and rhythm. 
These works sustain an energy level and evade the idea of having a beginning, middle, and end. We will hear one of the earliest works credited as being ambient music, a couple of phrases from the piano version of Eric Satie's Vexations from 1894, followed by an electronic rendition by the Argentinian artist Bhutan. John Cage and Morton Feldman were each early practitioners of ambient-like music. Cage wrote In a Landscape in 1948, and we'll hear a modern version for Electric Harp, played by Victoria Giordanova. Then we'll hear a piano and cello rendition of Projection One by Morton Feldman from 1950. I think you'll be struck by the similarities between his work and that of Harold Budd some 30 years later. Harold Budd, also a pianist, was a long-standing fan of Feldman. From 1964, we'll hear the peculiar electronic music of Raymond Scott from an album called Soothing Sounds for Baby, Volume 1. This legendary work is from a set of electronic works that Scott produced as background music to help babies go to sleep. The electronic music was produced with his own creation, the Electronium, a from-scratch-built custom synthesizer that combined electronic sequencing with tone generation and various filters. Next is an early work by Elian Radig from 1970, created using filtered feedback for an art exhibition in Paris. That is followed by another female composer of electronic music, Teresa Rampazzi, and a tape piece called Environ, where she used electronics to create an ambient environment that might be construed to be the sounds of nature. Then we will hear a work from Harmonia in 1974, a group that included musicians Rodelius and Mobius. We move into the Brian Eno era in 1975 with an excerpt from Discrete Music. Eno worked with a synthesizer and tape delay. He expressed a somewhat indifferent attitude toward the outcome, saying, Since I have always preferred making plans to executing them, I have gravitated towards situations and systems that, once set into operation, could create music with little or no intervention on my part. That is to say, I tend toward the roles of planner and programmer and then become an audience to the result. His approach was identical to that of Pauline Oliveros years earlier, except that the sound material was specifically harmonic and he did not modify or interact with the sound, as Oliveros did, once the process was set in motion. Then, from Before and After Science, we'll hear Enos Through Hollow Lands for Harold Budd. Continuing in chronological order, we'll hear a work by Robert Ashley, an excerpt from Automatic Writing, and a work to accompany meditation by Sri Dinesh. Returning to Eno, we'll hear a track from Ambient One, Music for Airports. Then another work by Teresa Rampazzi, composed using a computer. And finally, a track from Conrad Schnitzler, who developed his own take on ambient music. So that is my somewhat lengthy introduction to this episode called Before and After Ambient. I suggest we just get started now and listen to this music. Notes about all of the tracks are found in the playlist. For this episode.
Environ. 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 Listening to Before and After Ambient on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes.
I hope you enjoyed the first part of Before and After Ambient on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes. Details about all the music can be found in our playlist on the podcast website. Check out my blog for the Bob Moog Foundation. There is a link on the website. A transcript of notes for the program are found on my blog, Noise and Notations, located at tomholmes.com. If you would like to learn more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, published by Routledge in print or as an e-book. You may also want to read my book about sound art, also available from Routledge. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to explore our library of past episodes. They span many genres, technologies, and artists associated with electronic music, from symphonic rock to music for meditation, all inspired by vintage recordings from my archives. So long for now from the Archive of Electronic Music. Happy listening. The music heard on this podcast is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to thehomesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode, please see the blog Noise and Notations at tomholmes.com. So long from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music. Thank you.